You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. And welcome to 40 Going On 14, and this is show 89? Yep. 89. The Mad Max Show. I am Mike. I'm Seth. I am... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and I've experienced the thrill of driving a car with a bunch of howling maniacs charging after it and yelling and throwing things and wielding axes, but that's pretty much just a Friday night driving in Wrigleyville. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was time in college. Well, yeah. Also, if someone in Wrigleyville wants to show you their uh, Lord Humongous, do not stop the car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not going to have to make that mistake twice. Uh, there we go. <laughs> So, yes, t- this week we are... It means an entirely different thing when they ask if you want to go to Wiener Circle. <laughs> what? Wrigleyville, Wiener Circle. Uh, yeah, okay, there we go. See, and Mad Max, if they ask you to go to Wiener Circle, is totally different. Oh, okay. All right, well, welcome to the Mad Max show. And, yeah. Yeah, we're, ta- we're talking about the original <laughs> Mad Max. I think a lot of people, when they think of Mad Max, they actually are thinking about The Road Warrior, which yeah. is the second film. That, that, is, that is something that I think one of us at least learned, uh, that Mad Max, The Mad Max, the Road Warrior, and Beyond Thunderdome, uh, the last two are a lot different than the first. Yeah, two of us learned that, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and so raises his hand. But yeah, the Mad Max, the first Mad Max versus Mad Max Fury Road. And uh, we're going to go over those two, but before we do that, hey, yeah. Joe. What's up, Mike? I was going to say, do you know any good networks for podcasts? Oh, for podcasts? Yeah. Well, you could always go with the Musings of a Geek podcast network. That's the one I was thinking of. Wow, well, what yeah, a, what they, a segue. they just uh, welcomed My Comic Shop History. Mm. To add to the state of shows. Your comic shop history. My comic shop history. Uh, Also, we have the history of bad ideas. I'm serious. Is it your show? No, no, not my (laughs) show. The name of the show. It's right after the podcast. My comic shop history. Why is it so difficult? (laughs) So if you were advertising for yourself, like your comic shop history. It's actually a podcast event. It is uh, about the rise and fall of com- the comic store Alternate Realities before it closed in June 2015. So, yeah. Where uh, is it? it will be adding uh, to the stable, which currently has a Red Horse Radio in it. It also has and the Nightbeard Show. Yes, the History of Bad Ideas, Dark uh, Angels, and Pretty Freaks. And one called Upload Image. No, I think that's just a glitch. Never mind. Yes, that's it. <laughs> See, yeah, the uh, 404 File Not Found podcast. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. And everyone's favorite sports podcast, 
the left field sports lounge <laughs> which we still we've been, we've been plugging every week without realizing that they haven't made a show in like six months yeah and no, none of us have listened to it anyway so you know what but when they do it's going to come out of left field oh, uh, I see that I see what he did he's back yep. okay so seriously where was that comic book store that, sh- that closed down oh. alternate realities yeah where is it Beyond Thunderdome. Exactly where it was. Oh, I just didn't know if it... I thought maybe it was like a... It was in New York, Scarsdale. Okay, I thought maybe it was like a really, really popular one that everybody knew about or something. Not the one... I watched one of the documentaries about it. I just couldn't remember which neighborhood it was in. I knew it was New York. You know what I decided that we need? We need a podcast nemesis. We need... We need... I mean, kind of the history of bad ideas, but there's so much on par with what we're, you know... They're just like more guys that shout and stuff, and we need like a nemesis podcast that we can like be like, "Grr, who the what now?" And your don't, question mark. Let's, don't let's have... start a rivalry with the Coffin Joe cast. <laughs> He's in Australia. What can he do? <laughs> hey, have you seen the Mad Max movies? Yeah. <laughs> let's any podcast but that. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So also. If you want to hear our podcast on Saturdays while you're being chased around the desert by Lord Mungus, you can get us at the uh, Geek Life Radio at noon on Saturdays. If anybody wants to be our nemesis, we're taking applications to be our nemesis, apparently. Yeah. Left Field Sports Lounge, we're looking at you. (laughs) Don't we already have Charlie plotting against us? Yeah, but he's more like the Riddler. Keep your enemies close. That's what they say, right? Yeah. Uh, Well, if uh, you would like to plot against us, you can always reach us by calling 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or you can contact us at Gmail, which is 40go14 at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on Twitter, at 40go14. Yes. I am putting in that right now. I agree. As so you should. All right. So, Josh, I hear we have some feedback. We have a voicemail. I, I thought it was two voicemails, but the other was zero seconds. Oh. Uh, uh, could not exactly. find an appropriate tango for that one. I think that was from the left field sports <laughs> lounge. Um, uh. Here we go. Well, I got to give you guys credit. You figured out how to work your feed, so that's cool. However... I understand he's a guest, but for fuck's sake, does he have to beat up a fucking filing cabinet with a toaster? <laughs> Jesus Christ. He just screened these. <laughs> Holy shit. I thought he was building a robot myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think yeah. he was brewing beer. I'm not sure. <laughs> Luckily, he was great enough to overcome that. So, yes, we've had some technical difficulties, I think is what Charlie's trying to say. (laughs) One of them is Josh not screening the voicemails before playing them on the air. (laughs) That'd be an example. Thank you. Oh, you're so diplomatic. That went well. (laughs) Way to put out the fact that you started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, is it about that time? This week. In music, movies, <laughs> and TV, and sports. 
All right. So this weekend, 1979. It's the release date of Mad Max in Australia. And uh, if I actually discovered that it was banned in Australia for a little while. Really? Because of the, yeah, because of the Burning Man scene. Yeah. Because of the way Goose goes out. Apparently, a couple weeks earlier, there was actually a uh, motorcycle gang murder where they burned a guy alive in a van. And then they made a movie out about it. And then they had a festival every year. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I don't know I where didn't I'm. Have any death in the twee, so I appreciate it. You took care of that for me. Okay, sure. So, music, 1979. The number one song in the states is "Reunited" by Peaches and Herb, which is an awesome song, and it's also about sex with an ex. It feels so good. <laughs> That's not an awesome song. Yeah, it is. Peaches and yeah, Herb rocks. Oh no, it's it's a it's a totally cheesy song. I don't hate it, but it's definitely cheesy. It's not. It, it's good in a bad way. It's not See, good in a good way. I agree with Mike that it's a good song. I don't agree with him that it rocks. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't think rocks is the appropriate Did I say that? Yes, yeah. so you just uh. said it rocks. It might be more metal than Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But what isn't? Your face. <laughs> I will defend Kiss, damn it. They are uh, definitely more metal than peaches and herb. Yeah, and they they appreciate your defense as they're counting their money. Right. Yeah, shit. Uh, All right. The first my check, Gene. <laughs> the first Western music tour of the USSR begins on May 21st when Elton John's tour hits Leningrad. Huh. I totally misunderstood where that was going. I thought it was going to be like as Kenny La- or as Kenny Rogers toured the USSR. Oh. oh, Western. Oh. Yeah, I see. Well, yeah, Western music. I gotcha. We got both kinds. <laughs> Country and Western. Uh, guitarist Eric Clapton marries Patty Boyd, the woman that Layla was written about. Huh. Did not know that. Yep. That's a big old fuck you song right there. I think there. he spelled her yeah. name wrong. Well, it would be a little too obvious, you know, because she was married to George Harrison at the time to call, to call the song Patty. Oh. Uh, Plus, it, that definitely would not be as good as Layla. You can't really draw Patty out as you could with Layla. Patty! Narrow, narrow, narrow. Patty! Okay. Sorry, All right. I thought singing about a hamburger. <laughs> and then three of the four ex-Beatles perform on the same stage at the wedding reception at Clapton's Surrey home. Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr jam with Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, Mick Jagger, and others. So Harrison nice. showed up. Oh, yeah. He was pretty much cool with it by the time they ended up getting married. Oh, that's cool. He was, o- he was over it. <laughs> he had forgotten who she was at that point. Oh. He's, like, he's, like, he's like, whatever. I've fucked like 100 groupies since then. <laughs> uh, movies. Alien, starring Sigourney Weaver as Ellen Ripley, is released on May 25th. It becomes the number one movie knocking off, uh-oh, acronym of the week, BTPA. That's a bite the pillow, Alan. (laughs) Bite the pillow, Alan. Yeah, very controversial. (laughs) I I had I had my own take on it actually. When I typed it out, I I thought of something else. Boris the passive aggressive. Boston Terrier penis attack. (laughs) Well, I was just imagining like a less violent knockoff of Conan the Barbarian. Wasn't that the passive aggressive? He like instead of solving disputes with a sword, he just kind of. Writes a strongly worded yeah. yet completely non-hostile letter that he sends by Raven. 
<laughs> that that movie was a, a bio biopic about Alan Alda, wasn't it? Yes. Fight the pillow, Alan. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Maggie Q. <laughs> Wait, what is it actually? <laughs> oh shit! Oh yeah. Uh, what is uh, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure? Oh yeah, because oh. everybody watched that. I yeah. I, I want Boston Terrier penis attack much better. Boris the passive aggressive. So uh, Maggie Q, American actress, is born on May twenty second. What what has she been in? Everything that you want to watch. Anytime you need a badass Asian woman and Lucy Liu is busy, that's who they get. Oh, okay. Did you did you see Live Free or Die Hard? Yes, she was an Asian chick. Beat the shit out of Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, TV, Le- oh my God, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Happy Days, and Mork and Mindy are the top shows. Yes. And they all had crossovers. Yes. Except for Three's oh, Company. Yeah. No, did Three's Company didn't cross over to Laverne and Shirley no. or anything, did no. they? No. no. But Mr. Laverne and Shirley Sh- was from the same planet as Mark. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I know Mork was on Happy Days, and Laverne yes. and Shirley came from Happy Days. Yes. Three's Company spun off the Ropers. Uh, I've been known to spin off a roper now and again. <laughs> <laughs> to our nose, that was like Australian. You, yeah, euphemism yeah. for jerking off. Yeah. yeah, that was that was disgusting. That was for for our new sponsor, Tenga. <laughs> Starsky and Hutch ends its four year run. Only four Aww. years. Huh. Yeah. Huh. With all the hoo ha, I thought it would that be that tied longer. in with Mork and Mindy. What? <laughs> You're an idiot. Okay, sport. On May 21st, the Stanley Cup is won by the Montreal Canadiens, who beat the New York Ranger four games to one. Yay. Oh. Yes. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Chicago Cubs 23-22 to on 50 hits with 11 home runs. Wow. Yay. How many innings did that go? Was that a nine-inning game? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Damian Ariel Alvarez, Argentinian footballer, is born May 21st. Yay! You thought you were going to get me with that one. I did. Yes. Not Polish, so I thought I had a chance. Yeah. All the accent marks. Now I'm going to screw up the word with. (laughs) (laughs) On uh, May 24th, American UFC fighter Frank Mir is born, along with Tracy McGrady, retired NBA superstar. Huh. He retired before he was born? That's crazy. <laughs> he was born retired. <laughs> Isn't that the life? I'm so tired. I want to take up watercolors. <laughs> He's so tired. He's retired. <laughs> Infamous? <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. Oh, shit. Okay. Mike almost spit his coffee. I, am, I almost did. Or whatever you're drinking. Uh, so the main show is now upon us. Yay. Mad Max, 1979, starring a 14-year-old Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> he did seem very young. And less crazy. Yes. Uh, he, he reminded me way too much of Zach from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, Joanne Samuel by, was Jesse, the wife. Mm. Hugh Keys Byrne was Toe Cutter. Steve mm. Beisley was Jim Goose. Tim Burns, Johnny the Boy, Roger Ward was Fifi. 
Yeah, you know, if you're the buddy and your name is Goose, it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> you can ride my tail anytime. Mm. I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie was shot in 12 weeks on a $350,000 budget in and around Melbourne. Uh, George Miller raised money for this movie by working as an ER room doctor. Uh, early in the film, there's a brief shot of two road signs. They read Anarchy and Bedlam, and this road sign actually exists in Australia. To the surprise Is of no anyone one. anyone surprised? Yeah. Well, Pat and I said the same thing in a different way. Yeah. Hey! Both of you drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, some of the cars used as police interceptors were being constantly repainted for other scenes to pass as different cars, and in order for speed, they w- sometimes wound up driving the cars while they were still wet. <laughs> From the paint. Uh, Johnny the boy, Tim Burns, was so into character that he annoyed everybody on set and was abandoned one day during lunch while handcuffed to the wreck. That's funny. <laughs> That's awesome. That is Whoops. pretty cool. Hey, guys. <laughs> guys. Can I have a sandwich if I promise to get out of character? <laughs> uh, Hugh Keyes Byrne, who plays Toe Cutter, went on to play Immortan Joe in Mad Max Fury Road 36 years later. True yeah. story. Yes. Main villain in both the first and the most recent. Yeah. Pretty cool. Spoilers. Because he was relatively unknown in the U.S., trailers and previews did not feature Mel Gibson, instead focusing on the car crashes and the action scenes, because (laughs) car crashes and action scenes apparently were a thing back then, because (laughs) the uh, Poseidon adventure and all that were uh, the big hoo-ha. Starring an explosion. Honey, the explosions again. <laughs> Can you, you imagine how happy that. Michael Bay would have been back then? Oh, like, yeah. I don't even have to write a script. Uh, the Knight Rider's spectacular crash was a result of a military booster rocket being installed in the back of the car. I, that's what I think we should do. What could go wrong? Um, <laughs> it went out of control, missed a target fuel tanker, veered off into the field where it, cha- <laughs> it chased the film crew for a quarter of a mile. The on-camera explosion was later a recreation using a safer towed car. If anybody knows where we can find that footage. <laughs> you know, it's like the stunt director is like, go that way really Real fast. fast. <laughs> all right. The car goes, and now all you see is just a camera and just a, ah! <laughs> George Miller's in the background. is like, fuck this. I'm making a movie about penguins who dance. <laughs> Yeah, a little known fact there. George Miller is known for the Mad Max movies and Happy Feet. Yes. <laughs> and uh, also... Um, that explains a lot. Uh, the music guy in this one did the music in Happy Feet also. Did some of the music. Uh, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna... <laughs> Honey, the explosion's on again. Uh, the custom blower on the Pursuit Special, commonly misnamed the Interceptor, is purely cosmetic. It is belted up to a starter motor underneath the hood and does nothing to the air intake. Huh. You know, I heard they're remaking Gone with the Wind starring the explosion. Frankly, my dear, I don't... <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, okay, so Mad Max. When anybody thinks of Mad Max, it's like you said earlier, they think of the Road Warrior. They think of post-apocalyptic. Everybody's looking for gas. Um, there, there's nothing, there's no law, there's no nothing. It's just people out in the middle of complete anarchy. Yeah, everyone has mohawks and spikes. Exactly. And so when I started watching this, everybody had a midget. And I'm like, there's a town, there's normal people. <laughs> there's Welcome a to the apocalypse. Here's your midget. 
<laughs> and then I'm like, here's this police force. And there's like just a, a marauding group of bad guys in a normal city in Australia. Mm. I was completely taken aback. Basically, you're looking at a dystopia version of Australia that is on the cusp of an apocalypse. It's yeah. like the dying embers of civilization are happening in this one. And then there's a big crisis between the first and second movie. And then you get the world of the wasteland as we know it. It just kind of pushes it <clears throat> over the edge in between the movies. Brian May. Brian May. Brian that's May who, what? That's who did the music. Oh. Tie your mother down. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, he did. I don't, uh, I don't think that's the same Brian May. I'm in love with my car. Brian May from Queen? That's what you're talking about? Yeah. No. Wouldn't his picture no. be here if it was the if it was Brian May from Queen? I would think I would, so. Well, I mean, how many Brian Mays can there be? Uh, like seven or eight. When did Brian May die? In Australia. Brian May is still alive. Well, yeah, then, he did not die. Uh, okay, then uh, this Brian May died in 1997. Everyone so in I don't Queen think it's the alive, same one. Except Freddie Mercury. Okay. Definitely <laughs> not everyone. <laughs> Someone call Brian May. <laughs> Let him know he's dead. <laughs> oh, damn it. So anyway, I, I was, I was, like I said, I was taken aback because, uh, and it's not that I didn't know this movie didn't exist. It just, you see the cover art for it and he got the, the, uh, his commander or whatever dressed up in the full right gear about to get in his motorcycle and go kill bad guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it looks like something out of a post-apocalyptic road warrior. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they call it Mad Max. So I was expecting some Mad Max antics. They should have just called it like slow burning Max. Right, like about to get mad, Max. <laughs> He's like, like watch the build up, Max. Well, it's funny. It's I actually think that it, with the lone exception of Beyond Thunderdome, the Mad Max movies have never really been about Max. This one does a lot of world building and a lot of talking about like the gangs and then the various people. But Max is barely in it until you get to that middle portion where he stops being a cop and tries to like have a family life. Yeah, until he finds it, until he quits, and then everything hits the fan for him. Yeah, and then and, suddenly we're in the middle of a vacation movie. <laughs> I know. What was that? He suddenly looked like the from Mutiny on the Bounty with that shirt and the <laughs> the, the the slacks and. And some people have criticized the remake, which we'll talk about in the second half, uh, not having enough Max, but they fail to realize that Mad Max Two, the Road Warrior, which is the big famous one, Mad Max had sixteen lines in the whole movie. Well, and what's funny is you read the synopsis of the story, and it's basically the last 20 minutes of the movie is all they talk about in the synopsis. Right. Mm -hmm. They don't talk about anything that happens in the first hour and 10 minutes of the film. Yeah, and I I saw it several times back, you know, in the 90s when I was working at uh, the video store. I'd I'd rent it a couple times and watch it, and I remember remember how it ended, and this time I watched it, and I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, he got got the, um, what's his face? Uh, he just got Johnny the Boy. Yeah, and it's over. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, it was it was like he, he kills them all, and then that's it. He, yeah, he pulls a end. jigsaw at the end. And this this was a phenomenally, explosively popular movie. It <laughs> held the Guinness uh, world record for most box office returns for years and years. In the late 70s, to make $100 million worldwide was unheard of. Launched Bill uh, launched his career. That's how they started Melbourne. On that hundred million dollars, that's how they built it. They built the bridge. Yes, yeah. yes, that's not true. That's a Sydney Harbour Bridge. Oh, he remembered. <laughs> uh, 
but seriously, I mean, it, it to me when I first started watching it, I was so kind of confused in the get go, but I was kind of digging it because it was like I said, it's like on the cusp of where the, even the cops seem like they're just about to break into being bad guys on their own. Um, that I was like confused, but by the end of it, I was like, okay, it's just like every other seventies revenge movie with different cars, you know. I don't know that I would say that. I mean, the cinematic techniques were ahead of their time. The whole, like, moving the sci-fi angle in was kind of ahead of its time. Sure, we look at it through the lens of what we knew was going to happen right from 79 through the 80s. It is not as impressive. But at the time, no one had seen anything remotely like this. Good point. I mean, to me, it felt like the last house on the left, but with souped-up junkers. Driving cars around right in the house. Well, and there were some shots where you have got a couple motorcycles chasing a car, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, this is 1979. Where's the camera? They have to have another vehicle in this high-speed chase. They took Which, the cue from Lucas? Well, not yet. I mean, that's the thing is Lucas, uh, a lot of the like cannonball run even would be uh, not shot for another two years. Like even, a lot. I was thinking Star Wars, but okay. Yeah, it did get kind of cannonball runny near the uh, paint truck. <laughs> cannonball runny. <laughs> paint truck and going through the uh, the trailer thing. Did anybody catch the Clockwork Orange reference? No. No. Uh, in the town immediately before the uh, gang attacks, as they're going through the different buildings, one of the buildings in the town is the milk bar. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's wow, cool. Wow, I just noticed that. I just noticed it because I only saw this film once uh, back in the day. So I made sure that I watched it right before the show. And, yeah, I noticed that right away. And since this would have been eight years after A Clockwork Orange, I'm certain that that was intentional. Oh, it had to have been, especially with the tone of the movie. So That's pretty cool. Did anybody else really want to see more of the, I don't know if she was the grandma or whatever? Oh, the old lady with the shotgun? Yeah, yeah. May. Yeah. yeah, she was awesome. She was one of the most interesting characters in it because she's got like the the two braces on either leg, and then she's got a shotgun, and she's got no fear. And I just like, man, I wish I could have seen more of her. Like Mad Mini, I don't know whatever they would have called her, but <laughs> her her and the explosion would go off in a road movie together. I would have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Agitated Mini and the explosion. <laughs> exactly. But no, she was badass. She was seriously one of the better parts of the movie. I thought. Yeah. I like I like the the boss of the of the cops. I don't know what his name was. Big bald dude with big old mustache. <laughs> his name was German stereotype. Yeah, Karnoff. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Look exactly like you think Karnoff would look like. <laughs> uh, why don't you try blowing a fireball at him? No. <laughs> well, it's it's interesting that you put it in that context, Josh, because I I hadn't really thought about it like that. And usually, I'll try and if I'm watching a movie, try and put it in that context. And I didn't think of it in that way. And especially, seeing how I, I don't know how big Australia's film production was at that point, even. So I think that too kind of lended to its um, importance. Well, it definitely introduced Australian film to the rest of the world. That was one thing I was reading is like all of a sudden in other markets in Germany and the United States and throughout Europe, besides just this film, it was popular enough that everyone was like, okay, that was awesome. What else you got? Ausploitation started. Did you say Ausploitation? 
ozploitation. It's an actual genre or subgenre, I should say. So, what uh, other movies fit into this genre? I will look it up. And Return I of Oz, see. Return to Oz. <laughs> Oz look out for the Wheelers. Uh, yeah, and um, apparently they had problems with um, Gibson's dialect. Sure, because he isn't actually Australian. He's half uh, Irish, half American. Well, and I will take this a step further, uh, Mike. There is actually a documentary that I've seen called Ozploitation. Really? Uh, yeah, all about the films of Australia and the specifically the uh, exploitation ones. So um, I'm looking right now. There's only a couple that I'm finding. Uh, Razorback. Uh, there's a game or movie called Patrick. Uh, huh. But... Yeah, there's a cool documentary called... Don't not watch that quite, one. There's lots of masturbation in it. Not Quite Hollywood is the name of the documentary. Oh, so I looked up Anarchy Road in Australia, and it's right by Ferry Park. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah, check it out. It's it's cool. There's a lot of interesting stuff out there, and, and Mad Max kind of paved the way. Yeah, this was ultra low budget. They only paid Mel Gibson 15 grand for his part. And they couldn't afford stuntmen to play the biker gang, so they hired a biker gang. <laughs> and then gave them... And did you see the um, the trivia about the get-out-of-jail-free card? No, yeah. I missed that. There's uh, the jet, when, he, um, when Goose gives one guy the get-out-of-jail-free card, apparently there was a, a joke because at the, after the shoot, the biker gang would just drive home with all the props still on their bikes and carried. So the fake guns and that sort of thing. So... The production crew gave them letters to give to the cops when they would inevitably be pulled over to say, these are just props. They're on their way to a movie shoot. Please do not arrest them. Nice. They really did have get-out-of-jail-free cards. Yeah. And um, Kawasaki was the motorcycles that everybody was driving. They actually uh, lent them the motorcycles uh, to use for the for the movie. You right there? I actually just oh. nearly dropped a knife on my foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for juggling knives when we're doing the podcast. No kidding. Um, so He's uh, beyond Thunderdome. He's getting ready. <laughs> so uh, Kawasaki lent them the bikes to use for the movie, and then the biker gang said, thank you. Yeah. And, and, and you're going to explode. Uh, and, 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 and kept them. <laughs> so, I'm going to argue with an Australian <laughs> biker gang. Yeah. Yeah, they were called explosion. the Vigilantes was the name of the gang. Yep. So besides the vigilantes, we had two main named villains. We had the boy. Johnny the boy, yes. Johnny the boy, and uh, then Toe Cutter. Yep, and uh, in the beginning, Knight Rider. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whole opening scene had Knight Rider, and his death kind of paved the way for the gang coming to town. Yeah, Knight Rider and his, uh, um, what do they call it, the flip-floppy personality thing. (laughs) Schizophrenia? Schizophrenia, whatever. That's uh, Mel Gibson... They call it uh, flip-floppiness. It's a flip-floppiness. Mad Max goes up on his tail and rides his tail and makes him cry. Aw. That was kind of weird. Well, what? I was like, I, he was broken in a game of chicken when he'd broken all of these other people. And I assumed that he recognized who Max was and uh, was just freaking out. But I think that that's not the case. I don't think that he knew Max. I think that he just, like, was rattled by the fact that he'd just... Lost a game of chicken. Yeah, he just yeah, wimped out. Guy he wouldn't. He wouldn't be able to shake. Yeah, because I mean, nobody really knew who Max was until after they killed Knight Rider, right? Or he, he died in that. Scene. 
And while he was worrying about the guy he wouldn't be able to shake, he encountered a tanker he wouldn't be able to shake as he drove right into it and blew up. And then chased the film crew for a quarter mile down the road. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so Knight Rider, and then there was Toe Cutter and Johnny the Boy. Uh, Fifi, was that the guy with the mirrored mask on his uh, his helmet? Uh, No, that was, uh, what did they keep calling him? Boo Boo. Jimmy Jojo Shabadoo. Uh, um, That's the worst (laughs) name I've ever heard. Hey, Jimmy Jojo. <laughs> God damn it. What's the matter, Pat? <laughs> oh, that was Ben. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, they kept calling him Benno. Benno, okay. Played so, by Max Fairchild. So, yeah, so Johnny the Boy is your schizophrenic, spazzy bad guy. They dressed up in a suit, and apparently they still have not reached a point where lawyers don't exist anymore in this close-to-apocalypse world. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you okay? Mute um, myself, because I was dying. That was, I was mid-hit, and you did that to me. It's not the first time I've heard you say that. There was, <sighs> was like a smoke take instead of a spit take. <laughs> so, Honey, so, the explosion's on Carson tonight. <laughs> you're in, a you're weird, in, you're in good form stuff. tonight, Joel. Seriously, <laughs> that is weird, wild stuff. Oh, uh, he's, so, he's just he's just hitting my comedy clip tonight. Is it? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm gonna thumb it around for a little bit. Try to no- nuzzle it with my nose. It looks like a man on a boat. <laughs> this does actually. So, Josh, toe cutter. One, oh, my God. Josh has left. We've gone off the rails and lost Josh. What happened? Yeah, I'm actually talking about our topic on another podcast. <laughs> I'll be back with you. The pet. The pet He's just cast. calling in as a guest somewhere else and leaving a voicemail. It's like, uh, I heard you guys wanted to talk about Mad Max. My show fucking doesn't want to. So. <laughs> we so, were. Wait, toe cutter. Really? I thought he was a good villain. Yeah, I mean, he had he, this... I don't know. He was like restrained psychopathy until you got that weird scene with the mannequin. He reminded me of uh, Bing Bell from Evil Roy Slade. I could see that. Little Sean, little Dick Sean action. Like oh. it's almost like he wanted you to think when you encountered him that he could be reasonable, he could be talked to, but he just couldn't quite hold himself together long enough to be that guy. Yeah. And he liked, to, he, he liked to try to get you to, like, lower your guard and just pretend, like, hey, everything's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. The whole take off your hat thing. I really was expecting them to, like, draw and quarter that uh, maintenance dude. Like, he wants to share his ice cream. <laughs> um, or her ice cream. <laughs> Can anybody explain to me why the entire tough gang full of, like, knives and guns and things politely went inside the barn and let the girl go? I think they knew that eventually they'd be able to come out, but no one was eager to be the first one to be cut in half by a shotgun. It just struck me as a little strange, and that made me all the more want to watch a movie <laughs> with Shotgun <laughs> Granny, you know? <laughs> I just. Yeah, I just it's, it's pretty much that whole, you know, she may only get one of us, but who wants to be that one? Yeah. Yeah. Or. And, and I, 
You know, oh, just do it. Do what she says. I mean, they've they've been wandering around this place for a while. I'm pretty sure they knew they could kick down the door. Just do what she says. We'll kick down the door, and then we'll come out, and then we'll go get them. True. Yeah, and we'll run them over. I was thinking that the optimal strategy there would have been for her to stand at that door with the shotgun and wait for Mad Max with the second shotgun to show up. Yeah. Because, like, a doorway plus two shotguns is a really good way to take care of a biker gang. Yep. Well, and can somebody explain to me where the giant weird dude came from and why he just kind of came and went? He was like an add-on character, like... Oh, here, quick, get Lenny. He's done. No, you you need him because then two two movies later, he's Master Blaster. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think that part of it was that she was, or May was saying, "Don't worry about him. He's just kind of a baby." Saying, "Okay, there's a scary guy in the woods because he's like her slow son or something." Mm -hmm. So when she comes back freaked out. I don't think May realizes exactly the gravity of what's going on. She thinks, oh, she ran into the big mentally handicapped dude and mm. lost her shit. Yeah, because she, she's acting that way because she kind of chastises him. And it right. was one of those, like, it was just another thing that they could throw at her as she's trying to run away from the bad people. Well, and that was the longest freaking walk to the beach I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, what, what is with, like, uh, how did you even know there was a beach there? She walked like a quarter mile. Near the beach. Well, it's because she was being chased by a car on fire. <laughs> how else do you drive a car? I was waiting to see Max be like, all right, come on, Lenny, let's go. And then, like, Lenny, like, helps kick ass or something. And it didn't happen. No, Lenny yeah, it was weird. Well, he did kind of follow him like he was going to help him. And then they realized at the last second that, uh, oh, this was just a distraction. They're actually back at the house. Yeah, and why? Why that's just such a bad strategy. Like the person you're trying to protect, just to abandon them to go somewhere else. Like just stay with the person you're trying to protect. Yeah, because if, if they come for them, then you're going to be there. Let Let's hole up in this house with our shotguns, and when we see them come over the hill, we shoot them in the head. Yeah, there you go. And have you guys noticed we've been focusing on the last like 20 minutes of the movie, and we kind of <laughs> just like the. the <gasps> Thing says it's like. <clears throat> well, speaking of the first half of the movie, did you see the gi- gigantic breast uh, beanbag chairs? What? <laughs> <laughs> Go back no. and watch in the in the movie in the very beginning when he co- after he comes home after killing Night Rider after Night Rider blows up, she <gasps> where she's rubbing his back and he's or scratching his head or whatever he's doing on the side of the bed. Behind her are two gigantic beanbag chairs that look like giant breasts. They were probably remnants from the milk bar. <laughs> Get a little the old in out in out. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it does kind of feel like the movie. <laughs> I st- okay. I don't. I don't understand this because I typed wanted to type in Mad Max breast beanbags, which would look great in my search history. Right. <laughs> but it auto filled in Mad Max turkey breast. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a recipe? I don't know. I'm going there. <laughs> oh, we're about to lose Mike down the wormhole. <laughs> what, what it is? It's a recipe for turkey breast. <laughs> Mad Max, a smaller turkey on the side. Like you have to make a capon with it. No, actually, <laughs> it's made in a Dutch oven. It looks actually looks really good. You fart on it. <laughs> <laughs> you put it under the blanket. And fart something on it. wrong with you. 
<laughs> Step one: eat a can of beans. <laughs> Step two: I'm saving that. Life. I'm saving that in my food folder. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What does it taste like? Post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it tastes like buckshot. <laughs> It tastes post-apocalyptic. Well, you only remember the last 20 minutes of eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have explosive diarrhea after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, I, you know, all in all, I, I thought for a 1970s, late 1970s film, it was good. I mean, it, I get why it would be considered a classic by some and, and putting it in the right context makes it even more so. Um, I didn't hate it, but it made me kind of uh, apprehensively want to see the next two in the in the franchise. But since we weren't going to talk about it, I I didn't actually watch them. But there's enough curiosity there to see what happens uh, to follow it up at some point. I think. Have you never like watched? All them? I did was watch a prequel to. A I don't good... remember them. Mm. I, I have them marked down that I've seen them, but I don't remember anything about them. I I could say that like I appreciated it, but it does not age well. I enjoyed it. I was glad I watched it again. And I respect its place in history. However, would I just like decide I was going to watch it once a year or whatever? Probably not because of the pacing. It's got very early 1980s, <sighs> late 1970s pacing. Yeah. I would let everything go slow until the last 20 minutes. And then we speed it up. There's 1970s pacing for you. But make sure you have a shirtless, hairless German. Somewhere in the first. Oh well, that goes without saying. And explosions. Yeah. Yes. Somebody call explosions casting. <laughs> uh, you're not right for the part. <laughs> Would you like to audition <laughs> for us? That's <laughs> <laughs> eh, better. What about you? <laughs> you're in. You're hired. Dude, this kid's gonna be huge. He's gonna blow up. <laughs> How about the performance by the love interest, uh, Joanne Samuel as Jesse? She was pretty good. Held her yeah. own. She was a late, late addition to the cast, actually. The woman that was originally cast dropped out last minute. Yeah, because she got in a car accident. How ironic. Like, Yikes. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. What are you yikesing about that or something? Well, else? yeah, I just think that's crazy that someone uh, actually got knocked out of participating in the Mad Max franchise by getting into a car crash. <laughs> right. Uh... That's some real method acting. But yeah, no, I think I think just the scene between her and Toe Cutter was was worth the price of admission as far as her character. I mean it it, it everything else spunk. Right. Everything else before that kind of led up to that point and and uh yeah, I, I thought she was good. I really looks- like, I mean I I could like, you know, get into her character as far as, you know, being sad when she got killed. It was like she was a good character. Yeah. They had a they they had a relationship that felt authentic, and they just straight up ran over the baby. Yeah, that was yeah. that's pretty harsh. That was rough. It, it was the seventies, and they did more things like that back then. They didn't paint, you know, like sharp. They didn't put sharpie dicks on their faces, but they would kill them because <laughs> that's in bad taste. <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> okay, we're just gonna leave that right there and let people wonder about it. <laughs> Looks like Joanne Samuel is still sort of working. She uh, hadn't done anything since 2001 until last year, and then she had a bit part on a TV show. Yeah, she was on The Wiggles. 
Jesus, you were way too excited about that. Yeah, I thought that was so ridiculous. (laughs) I'm like, oh man, she was the wife in Mad Max. I wonder what she did after that. Oh, she was in the Wiggles movie. That's a nice segue. Yeah, she was the one exploding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she had a long-term marriage with the explosion. I mean, they had several children and yeah. Yeah, I actually think that if we were more familiar with Australian TV and whatnot, we probably would be more familiar with her career because she did a TV show from 88 to 1990 called Hey Dad, which is like an Australian comedy about uh, an architect. About her hmm. father, the explosion. Yes. <laughs> That's incest. Um, I, <laughs> Killer Wilbur, you'll have to send us a voice message or something and explain to us. Yeah, it's like she is Joanne Samuel actually well known in Australia. I don't know. We yeah, should is find she out. Like a, is she like a Jennifer Aniston or is she like a Joyce DeWitt? Oh, sick reference, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. All right, so uh, we got anything left on uh, Mad Max '79? It was not the movie I thought I was going to be watching. That's for sure. And I was expecting that because. Josh, you, I think you and I are the only two that have seen it before, right? I believe yeah, I, that's I probably I, true. I thought I had seen it before, and when I was watching it, I was like, I have not seen this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you thought, and then you, what you actually saw was either The Road Warrior or... Uh, Warrior, Beyond, yeah, because that's what I was thinking this was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond Thunderdome. And beyond, I did see Beyond Thunderdome, and I'm glad I didn't have to watch that for this show. Because Aww, come, come on. on uh, you don't have to be a hero. Who runs Bada Town? <laughs> That was a dumb movie. Four podcasters enter. One podcaster leaves. I get on Joel's shoulders. Here's your your midget. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the reboot relaunch of Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. folks we are back to get the max on that sounded a lot better (laughs) it sounded a lot better in my head when i uh max off yes that's exactly right kind of so it's this fury road has been in development for like ever yeah it's since 97 huh yeah so mad max fury road came out 2015 a week ago from today, uh, Tom Hardy as Mac Ro- Max Rock Rockintansky, Radikowski. No, that's not Rockintansky. Max Rockham Sockham Robot, something like that. Uh, Charlize <laughs> Theron as Imperator Furiosa. Nicholas Holt as Nux. Uh, Hugh Keysburn again, uh, as in the previous in the first Mad Max, who was Toe Cutter, comes back in this one as the Immortan Joe. Immortan. Immortan Joe. Josh Hellman as Slit. Nathan Jones as Rictus Erectus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz as Toast the Knowing Rosie. Mm-hmm. Hun- Huntington Wheelie. No, that's Toast the Knowing and Rosie Hunting- <laughs> Huntington <laughs> Wheelie. 
I don't know where it ends. It says toast and knowing, and then it's Rosie on a line by itself. Toast and knowing, Rosie. <laughs> okay, because that makes just as much sense as Rictus Erectus. Oh, <laughs> okay. man. I didn't want to say it. I didn't know what the hell anybody's names were in this movie. These names are so ridiculous that <laughs> it's, uh, it's understandable. doesn't make it less funny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Huntington Whiteley, the splendid Arangard. Uh Riley K. I- I'm not... Yeah, there's some dude named Cheeto the Fragile. Uh, the, <laughs> there's, so everyone's got a ridiculous name. Um, As you do. Yes, everyone's covered in dirt. Yeah. Uh, and grease. And everybody looks like they fell out of a uh, Twisted Sister video. And from what I remember, the explosion is back. <laughs> yes. yes. Back they got this explosion ever. out of retirement just for this one. You can see him in a couple of the bigger scenes. <laughs> he and all his progeny. So this movie basically from the very beginning lets you know what you're in for. They're like, we're not going to hold back. Yes. We're going to just throw action scene after action scene at you. And then, like, somehow, in the middle of all of the strung-together action scenes, a story kind of made its way into the movie. And I was like, wait a minute. Thinking about, like, the world building and, like, knowing the relationships between the bad guys and the, like, these people are allied and then they're not allied without, like, anybody just sitting down and doing a huge exposition dump. There was actually a story going on here, despite the fact that there was, like, almost no downtime. Yep. You get into this movie, the credits roll title pops up and the movie goes all right come on here we go you'll catch up just pay attention and you kind of get you get an idea of like this clan system that's going on you realize that you know certain people are related you know there's this you know what you you get this whole social structure explanation out of it yeah and And they don't stop to explain it's like okay these guys are part of a death cult that guy leads the death cult okay his sons are (sighs) fucked up mutants Two of his brothers were on the other camps. Uh, the bullet mate was the bullet crafters. Uh, oh, what was it? There, there was something like that. Yeah, the bullet farmers. The bullet well, farmers, and then there the, was. Go ahead. See, that's the nice thing about having two dimensional characters is you don't need a whole lot of exposition. Well, again, this is another one of those movies where you step into it. Like I, I came into this. The I'll say the bar wasn't real high. I'm expecting a Mad Max movie. I'm expecting explosions. I'm expecting, you know, I'm, I'm from the trailers. I'm leaning more to, towards a uh, um, uh, Thunderdome all hopped up on methamphetamines. And that's exactly what I got. Yeah. And I think that that was the thing is like, I expected them to say, okay, we're talking about style versus substance. Fuck substance, double the su- style. And that's pretty much what I got. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know what? They actually did manage to tell a story, which considering that it didn't even stop to take a breath at all, surprised me. It was a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah. And, and in this, you do discover that you, Max's family is dead. And there's at least three people. There's a little girl. There's a older black guy. And then there's an old lady that he sees in like visions. As he's running around. Yeah, the people he failed to save haunt him. And yeah. he's, they've driven the, him crazy. He stopped being a cop, pretty much giving a nod to the original Mad Max. Mm-hmm. And like right off the kick, he starts with a car chase scene and 
they mess his car up immediately and take him prisoner. And then there's no it's 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 the closest thing to like a Borderlands movie you can get. Yeah. Everything's over the top. Everybody's turned up to 11. Um, we'll get some of the we'll get some of the trivia out of here. Uh, instead of rebooting it, the 79 Bad Max, George Miller decided that the reboot's going to take place after he lost his family because he didn't want to do a remake or retell the story because everybody knows it. Uh, 80% of the effects seen in the film are real practical effects, which I, I respect. <laughs> Considering all the shit that was going on in every single scene of this movie, for this for them to use, you know, eighty percent of it actually actually stuff blowing up is pretty cool. Um, stunts, makeup sets, CGI was used sparingly and mainly to enhance the landscape. Uh, uh, remove stunt rigging for the uh, left hand that Charlize Theron has with the prosthetic arm. Uh, it's shot in sequence, which is well, that's really, odd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that is weird. What's crazy. crazy about the use of CGI, there were spots where George Miller wanted CGI, but uh, there was concerns about whether the studio would pay for it. Wherever he wanted CGI and they weren't sure the studio would pay for it, he made sure the practical effects in the place looked like shit. So they'd pony up the cash. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Uh, uh, they originally considered Heath Ledger. For Mad Max, uh, but during the film Lung's development, he died in 2008. Jeremy Renner campaigned for the role of Mad Max, and they said, sorry, no, which I'm kind of grateful they did, because I can't see him. I don't know. I could see him in a very similar... I Don't get me wrong. I prefer Tom Hardy, but had they cast Jeremy Renner, I would have been like, okay, that's fine. If they cast Jeremy Renner as a remake of the first Mad Max, I could see it. It'd not, be a different take on the character for sure. Yeah, it'd be a different take, but I can I can see him pulling doing a movie like like the plotline and feel of the first Mad Max, not with the over the top mohawks and that sort of thing. I can't. I I mean, did you see uh, Hansel and Gretel? No, but it's been on my list to see. Yeah, he's that kind of over the top thing. He's I I didn't really like it in that, so I don't think he could have pulled this off. Um, they should have cast John Cena. <laughs> sure. There, again, and this, again, he could have done it because in this one, I think Max maybe spoke four or five times. Yep. It's, he doesn't talk at all, really. He grunts a lot, and he goes, oh, a lot. Um, the guitar- flame-shooting guitarist in the movie is an Australian, uh, sorry, Australian musician, Sean Hape, better known as Iota. In an interview with Vice, he says the guitar weighed 132 pounds. Jeez. <laughs> And shot real gas-powered flames, which he controlled using the whammy bar. Okay, can I just say <laughs> that the f- flame-shooting guitarist on the giant car made of Marshall stacks, it's like I recognize how fucking stupid that is, but every time I saw the guitarist, I it was just like so happy. Was you, like, this is the coolest thing ever. This is like something I would draw when I was like seven on my notebook. That's exactly it. This movie is awesome because it makes you feel like you're 13 again. Yeah. It's like, you know, it'd be awesome if you had you took one car and you put it on top of another car, on top of another car, and you put a huge engine in that. And sure enough, that's what they're driving. Yeah, There's pretty like much. Three cars stacked on top of each other, a giant monster truck made out of three 57 Chevys stacked on top of each other. Even the tanker had, like, a, a Volkswagen Beetle just sort of jammed on there so you could get extra dudes in there. Yeah. that was Yeah, it was like the, the little turret on the back, wasn't it? Yeah. So, Yo. But, yeah, there's a... Turret. Tur- 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a scene in the movie where Max has a hallucination of gouging out eyeballs. The eyeballs are the same as toe cutters when he's run over by the truck in Mad Max. The, the bou- bulging out eyes. Yeah. That was a, apparently the same frames. Nice. Cool. So, let's see. It's it's a living comic book, is what this is. It's oh everything is over the top. Everything is ridiculous. I mean, the guy playing the guitar and the drummers on the back of it, and you know the the fact that you know the one brother from the Bullet Farmer is pulling his he has bullets for teeth, and he's yeah. pulling them out. He pulls them out of his out of his mouth to fire to to load his pistol, and you know he ever he's wearing a crown of bullets and bullets on his shoulders, and there's no way in hell this old man could stand up. You know, and then the other brother from the uh, the fuel farm has got this, you know, gout, and his he's all distended and bloated. And he's got these huge feet, and a, and he's got a gold nose that he wears over his ears. You know, on yeah, a chain, he's like the mayor of Gastown. And for Sounds no legit. reason whatsoever, he's got pierced nipples that are attached together in a chain, and he's going to play with them all the time, which is really kind of weird. <laughs> Sounds like college. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, for me, first of all, this movie suffered from the whole way too much hype. I knew it could not possibly live up to the 95% rating it had on Rotten Tomatoes and, like, you know, the fact that no one was saying anything bad about it. I was, I was went into it going, there's no way that this is, like, the best movie ever made. It's just impossible. So I don't know what all the fucking hype is all about. Well, so I kind of went into it with a weird attitude, thinking it, there's no, you know, it, it's got way so, way so much hype, way too much hype. It can't live up to it, but I'm already thinking it's not going to. So it was a weird kind of way to go into it. Well, hoping it, I was hoping it was going to be better than I expected it to be. Let me put it that way. You you were made it destined to fail by going into it with too high of expectations. Kind of in a way, but I was. Hoping that I was going to be wrong and that it really was going to be better than I expected it to be, and it really wasn't, in my uh, opinion. Well, your opinion sucks. But the <laughs> yeah. explosion. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I didn't think it was as great as everybody said it was, and I just thought there were, you know, some of the ridiculous situations and characters and stuff. It was just, were just too much. The uh, like. Th- three-way chain fight scene and i say three-way even though the five wives got involved as well between like nux max and furiosa when they've got the real long chain uh that was a cool scene yeah. that, that was, was cool that was so badass because the allegiances shift so rapidly and nobody knows who to help but everyone knows when somebody reaches for the gun nobody wants that person to have the gun yeah. right i was expecting nux to get shot down early on in the movie that's the thing is like that big car crash like it looks like he's dead and then max is about to like gnaw his hand off to get the uh the chains off Mm -hmm. and then he's distracted he's like fuck it gotta take the body and i'm thinking you know he's taking the body there's no way that dude's dead yeah what was with the spray and the silver on the mouth they were huffing oh okay that that whole death cult thing like uh, as they're like, we're going to Valhalla, let's power up with this stuff. They had little spray cans of chrome paint because they also worshipped chrome because it was like the future. So they sprayed themselves under the nose and in the mouth with spray cans and they got high off the fumes and thought they were invincible. 
gives you plus two to strength and plus one to your reaction. <laughs> yeah. And like they have this weird version of like Valhalla is uh, this perfect battle world that you go in when you die and then you raise and everything's chrome and everything's badass. And yep. only uh, this guy can take you there. I forget what's his character name. Uh, oh, uh, Immortan Joe. Immortan yeah. Joe, yeah. Which, Pat, you have to admit, for a villain, he looked pretty badass. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. And and he carried it for, you know, picking up a character, you know, jumping back into a movie franchise 36 years after. <laughs> he he kind of, he did a good job. Yeah. I mean, his whole family was kind of messed up, and the little dude in the high chair floating around. That's one of my big things. Is like that is a clo- I need closure on that. What happened to the midget baby guy? I'm pretty sure he just got overwhelmed by uh, the remaining wives, Furiosa, and the people that like turned their backs and basically said, "Okay, Furiosa killed Immortan Joe. He's obviously not immortal." So we're going to worship her now. Besides, yeah. she's giving us water, which is the big draw to the whole area. Yeah, yeah and what a, what a horribly inefficient way to distribute your water. Well, it was a good way for population control. I actually think there a lot of thought went into this. Because you've got Immortan Joe realizes that most everybody who's been living is so fucked up by the... Uh, like, radiation that they're all twisted mutants, including his own sons. So he brings all of these survivors together because he controls something they need, and he takes the smartest and most beautiful of them. I think that if uh, Furiosa had not been missing a hand, she probably would have been one of his wives because he's trying to breed perfect humans that are loyal to himself. Mm-hmm. Right, and, I'm just talking about the actual water delivery system, though, oh, which is well, horrible. I almost wonder if it wasn't something that was repurposed, like it used to be. I don't know what it or could, it could have, been. have been a dam. Yeah, maybe. You know, because the way it came out like that. I mean, in one way, it's it's kind of cool for them to have it that way because when he delivers them the water that they need, it's it's in an Im- immensely impressive way. You know, it's 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 awe, awe-inspiring. Oh, he's going to give us the water that we need, and it comes out and it rains on top of us and all that sort of thing. And, you know, he's got that whole thing going. There are obviously no engineers or accountants in the future. That's true. Yeah. And then aside from Furiosa, like the first character we meet who's super capable is the leader of the Five Wives, uh, Splendid Ankarand. And I got to admit, the... Sh- uh, Huge spoilers. Obviously, we're going to spoil the hell out of a new movie we're talking about. But the sudden brutality that they killed her off with, I did not see it coming. Yeah, that is true. It was like, that was impressive. Because I've seen so many movies now, that kind of thing doesn't shock me. Unless you're watching Game of Thrones. And then then it's expected almost. Yeah, I was going to say, you're almost prepared for that sort of thing It was like... A, a fraction of a second after she gets the, hey, good job, you're a badass nod from Max, bam, she's dead. Yep. Yeah, that, that was a pregnant one, right? Yep. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, played, by Ro- played <clears throat> brilliantly by Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. I was convinced she had plot protection till the end. Who was the little French-looking one? Was that? No, Abby Lee was the blonde one. French-looking one. Uh... With the short hair? Yeah. Or the curly hair? 
No. Uh, Abby Lee was the blonde one. Cheeto well, the, Cheeto the Fragile was the one who uh, constantly was like, well, maybe he'll take me back if we just leave now. Okay, yeah. That, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, that's uh, Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can see that too. Damn. Mm. No, she eh. was pretty badass too. When she, I, I, I liked her in the in the battle scenes also. She, you know, with the reloading the guns. You know, she was she was useful. You know, wasn't just crying and hiding type of thing. Well, and even Cheeto by the end uh, redeemed herself. It's weird. Like we've got all of these characters that on the surface are very one dimensional, and they're not given a whole lot of talking scenes in order to develop themselves but through their actions a lot of them have many like redemption arcs which i'm surprised at how well they developed the characters given how tiny tiny little bits they had to work with iota's iota's character you know what his his character's name was the guitar guy the doof warrior the doof warrior yeah <laughs> no that was i'm so dumb that was so dumb. I can't get over how dumb that was. That's because you, you were never 13. You were born 35. <laughs> 30 That's he's why. He's an epic level bard. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he's he a is. He is a level 20 bard. That's uh, what. I was thinking like uh, he's got like 10 epic levels. He's like a level 30 <laughs> bard. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <clears throat> Did any of us see it in 3D? No, I considered it, but uh, <laughs> I actually kind of don't like 3D. Yeah, I thought about it too, but then I decided I didn't want to spend the night tossing on my yoo-hoos either. So <laughs> I don't I don't react well to three D movies now that they've made them a little bit more realistic. But you can tell there was a lot of scenes in there that were just a hundred percent planned for the three D thing. Wow. Yeah. Also, another one of the five wives is the granddaughter of Elvis and Priscilla Presley. What? Yes, Riley Keough is uh, the, the daughter. Uh, yeah, no, daughter of Lisa Marie and uh, uh, Presley and Danny Keough. Oh, yeah. Now that you say that, I can see I can see uh, the Presley in her. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that is that's pretty sweet. So yeah, I, oh, and uh, like, what about the crows? Yeah, you go through. That oh yeah, and you got those badass like creepy massive dudes on stilts. Yeah, I want to know more about those guys. Those were, because they were just, I mean, you can tell everybody in the, in the truck was worried about them. They were looking out. Oh, the, they, were, they were shooting the Dark Crystal too. That's what was going yeah, on. Pretty much. Oh, shit. That did, it did look like it, didn't it? And I kind of like that because one of the things that I criticize modern movies about is every time there's anything that's remotely plot significant, they have to over-explain its backstory. Like our very first episode of this podcast, every bit, like Conan's sword, we had to have 20 minutes about how he got his sword. Fuck, I don't care. It's a sword. He kills people with it. This movie goes the opposite direction. They're like, we're going to make you want to know more about this, and you can infer it from what little will tell you. Instead, we're just going to do badass stuff for two hours. Yep. So yeah, I liked it. I, I guess like, is what I'm what I'm getting at. I liked it too. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, I went to go see. I I went and saw this alone, uh, and it it because mainly because I was I wasn't 100 percent sure what was going to happen. You know, because I know the, the, I think Katie might have been interested in seeing it, but <clears throat> it's like 
like nonstop. I mean, like like we said earlier, here's here's the movie. There's plot in here. You got to catch it as we go, but you know we're not stopping until the end. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole thing. It was just a lot of fun to watch. I also thought it was pretty badass that the biggest act, biggest craziest action scene is what Max does off camera. Like what you imagine he did when he went off and basically took out all of the bullet farmers by himself. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. And then he comes back and washes himself in a bucket full of breast milk. Yes. <laughs> it just drops all of like all of their gear and then remembered to bring a boot for Nux. Yep. That was That, that was, was a pretty cr- good scene. Yeah, see, come on. I bet we can talk you into liking this. I didn't I didn't hate it. It just was nowhere near what I had heard for greatness. I mean, I would say it's like a seventy five out of a hundred. It's definitely not a ninety five out of a hundred. Yeah, there was a lot of it's a ninety ninety. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe not ninety five. It's not like one of my top ten movies ever. Yeah, no way. But you gotta admit that, like, um, in a franchise that's known for its like over the top masculinity, the fact that they were able to pull off having one of the major characters, maybe even the protagonist of the movie, be a disabled chick. Yeah, yep. and then the old awesome. women, you know, being able to hold their own too. Yep. Yeah, they were like a throwback to um, the old lady in the first one. Yeah, like yep. Grandma May, except in this one she could shoot. Yeah. Yep. But there was just a little too much silliness. It it, it was it didn't quite go the the full Frank Miller, but it was trying in in a couple things, and I don't know. You know how much I I despise that kind of thing, so. Just over-the-top coolness for the sake of being cool. Like, I mean, yeah. it really wouldn't make sense to have a guy with a flaming guitar in a situation where you're trying to conserve gasoline, for one. Who cares? Well, they had a gasoline <laughs> farm. I'm just saying. Like, it doesn't, I mean, That's, if you're trying to tell a story, I mean, there's got to be at least some realism to if it. You're gonna, if you're going to start nitpicking about stuff like that, it's going to be like, Okay, how come why in Ice Pirates they were serving the prisoners soup? If water's so scarce, why are they serving soup? See, that's another great movie. Or in Waterworld, if like paper is so rare, how come you're smoking cigarettes? Huh? Oh. Yeah, the answer is who cares? Yeah. <laughs> there are ice pirates. Like you don't understand. A wizard did it. Yep. <laughs> Magic wizard paper. No, this is this wasn't anything more than it, it, it claimed it, what it was. It was explosions, cars racing, just ridiculous comic book effects, and Mad Max grunting and screaming through the whole thing with trying to get the mask off. That I thought the whole scene with him trying to keep them under the gun while they were driving and him trying to get the mask off at the same time with the with, tiny nail file. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of filing at the back of his head. So I thought that was, you know, it's little goofy things like that, and I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah, I think it managed to actually be a little more than that, and that was what, like, I was all sold on the, okay, if this is going to be a music video meets a video (laughs) game, I'm cool with that. But when I realized that it was that, but it still managed to tell an interesting story and build an interesting world, I was completely sold, and I'm going to be looking forward to the sequel when Wasteland comes out in a couple of years. Uh, I think there's two of them already planned. 
Yeah, I know at least the next one has been named. Yeah. So I know that, but I, I know that the next one's been named, and they're like they're they're in process of getting a third one out too. So, well, they'd be foolish not to, considering the overwhelming critical reception. Oh right? yeah, completely. So, ooh, excuse me, but no, I I enjoyed it, Pat. Come on, you had some fun. Pat doesn't have fun. No? Pat has muted himself in protest. <laughs> okay. So, well, I think we've approached the end then. All right. Well, uh, what do we have on tap for next week? Nick? Ooh. Ooh. What do we got, Joel? Cooking shows. Yes. We're going to get our Cajun chef, our frugal, <laughs> our frugal gourmet. I guarantee I guarantee that's going to be some good stuff right there. Little more Can Yan Cook? We'll find yeah. out next week. Yes, and we're going to pair him up against uh, Good Eats. What are some of the other ones? we got got... Uh, Emerald. Well, Emerald. He's, Emerald's kind of in the middle. Yeah, who's it's it's we're going to shows that teach you how to cook. And as an added twist, dun-dun-dun, some of us are going to try to cook some of the recipes from the old shows and then some of the recipes from the new shows. The cooking show show. But please yes. don't make me watch Sandra Lee because she scares the shit out of me. Oh, like some of her stuff is just so disgusting. It's like, today we're going to combine whipped cream, pecans, and corn. I'm not talking about her food. I'm talking about her crazy eyes. <laughs> she, she's like the soul sister to Amy from Amy's Baking Company. Yes. Was yeah. that Danny Zuko's girlfriend? No. Oh. No, semi-homemade with Sandra Lee. She looks like a soccer mom that has some bodies in the wine cellar. <laughs> Creeps me out. Yeah, she's got definitely has that uh, Stepford wife look. Yeah. To her. Like she's yeah. smiling because she's afraid if she stops, she'll just start eating you. Yeah. She's <laughs> so smiling have, because it's shipping. I have a feeling like she'd be one of those women that would be cutting vegetables. And as she cut them, she cut her finger, and she's like her, her entire face would not would not change at all. She'd just be like, "Oh, hmm." <laughs> I hope you like dinner. There's a little extra in it. <laughs> Why does it smell like or taste like elderberries? So, <laughs> tune in for uh, more more of this next week as we'll talk about cooking and uh, the shows that we learn to cook on. Yeah, if you'd like I to think- watch. Our other episodes, including the food episode or maybe the Thanksgiving episode or previous movie episodes, you can catch our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, other fine podcasting directories, or at our home on the web at www.40go14.com, where our uh, old shows are getting put up little by little. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of shows. Yes. <laughs> There's uh, and if you want to call us and give us some more suggestions or... Uh, critique <laughs> then uh, call us at 708 now wrap that's 708-669-9727 and if you want to be our podcast nemesis call that one also yeah let us know is a guitarist with a flaming guitar awesome or are you wrong <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you <laughs> so it's stupid uh, it is but it's awesome stupid Whatever. 
All right. I think that's going to do it. Maybe if it was a bagpiper. <laughs> I think that's just wrong. That's he all. could shoot missiles out of like, his look bagpipe. I'm excited Joel is to not be the one that's wrong. Yay. <laughs> I'm not wrong today. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Woot, woot. Now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. <laughs> um. Hmm. I'm thinking. Hmm. And I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm stinking. <laughs> uh, I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> shit <laughs> uh. that's the funniest thing you've said in weeks dude <laughs> I was racking my brain to come up with anything <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh